Hey, welcome back to Kidman Talk, episode 127. This is your host, Carl Bastian, coming to you from kidology.org, where our mission is to equip and encourage those in children's ministry. And we've been doing it now for over 25 years. In fact, a little bit later, I'm going to give you a glimpse into the Bright Idea book that's just now in print, and I'm going to be shipping them out to folks. Um, and I'll tell you more about this a little bit later in the podcast, but Easter's coming. And I want to talk to you about event planning and outreach planning by sharing a little bit about what I'm doing, but not so that you can do exactly what I do, but I want to explain the principles and the reasons underneath our Easter event, why we plan it the way we do, what our goals and strategies are for follow-up, for registration, um, the things that we've learned from doing it over the years so that we can make it even better. And then there's a couple other things I wanna share with you as we kinda hang out here a little and talk Kidman together. So wherever you're at, make sure that you are ready to engage your mind and your heart. And if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. If you're on Facebook watching this, make sure that you're a part of our Facebook group. If you're listening to a podcast, make sure you subscribe because I want to make sure you don't miss out on these episodes when they come out. And thank you so much, everyone, for the feedback on Kidman Talk. I always try to end that right at the music, and I can't because the music's over there, so I can't cheat uh, behind my back and see you know when it's coming to an end. But um, years ago, when my son was a little boy, and I'm trying to remember his age, he must have been four or five years old, one of our relatives gave him a Scooby-Doo DVD. And uh, you're going to chuckle at this, although parents can probably relate. My wife and I were a little concerned you know we're like oh is he ready for scooby-doo because it's got you know zombies and witches and skeletons and monsters and we didn't want to scare him and we thought you know he's at that age where he doesn't really know what's real what isn't real and so we made this mature decision that we were going to hold off on you know starting the whole scooby-doo thing well a few days later luke comes home from a friend's house and he's talking about shaggy and scooby and and velma and the mystery machine and we're like Hey, how'd you find out about Scooby-Doo? Oh, he watched it at his friend's house. <laughs> well, that was fine. And so we said, okay, I guess we can give him the Scooby-Doo DVD. So he fell for Scooby-Doo. He still loves Scooby-Doo and um, loves the characters, enjoyed it. Um, but then he came to me one day and he was very serious. And he said, Dad, what's a, z- a zombie? <laughs> I thought, oh, here we go. So I said, well, Luke, you have to understand, you don't need to be scared of zombies. They're not real. All right, there's never going to be a zombie coming after you. But in the make-believe world, a a zombie is basically somebody who was dead, uh, but they come back to life. And so he's thinking about it, and he's thinking about it, and he goes, oh, so Jesus was a zombie. (laughs) Oh, man, I've never forgotten that. I love the things that come out of the mouths of children. I was even tempted to get a T-shirt made, like, Jesus is my zombie, but my wife wouldn't let me do it, and it probably was a bad idea. But Easter is coming, and it is a time when, just kind of like Christmas, people are kind of open to spiritual things. And opening, opening, they have an opening, they are open, to uh, coming to church. And so it's a prime opportunity. And so, man, churches go all out. They do Easter egg hunts. I've had friends dropping eggs from helicopters, and uh, they try to do something to attract families. And so um, we do something I call the family extravaganza, and it is exciting and exuberant. And I'm not exaggerating. I mean, we just milk that egg word 
um, for every bit of eggnog that we can get out of it. Um, but when I started here at High Point Church, they had already done uh, an Easter tradition. They loved using um, Halloween in the fall and Easter in the spring as opportunities to just love our community, draw people in, um, show them God's love in a, in a tangible way, in a low pressure way, you know, just get people across the threshold. But the year before I came, it was so successful that it was unsuccessful. In other words, they planned a lot of great things, but um, what happened was so many people came that it was bottlenecked and it was, it was backed up and it was crowded. And, uh, and so some people ended up having a bad experience, even though so much time and effort and resources had gone in to planning a great event. And so when I came in, I was tasked with the job of continuing it, but improving it and figuring out a way to make it work. Now, before you plan any event, you have to start with your goals. You have to start with what are your objectives. If your objective is just a lot of people, there's ways to get a lot of people there, but that doesn't necessarily mean the event is going to be a success. Your um, goal might just to be on the news, you know, get your church's name on the news as the biggest egg hunt in town. And there could be value for that. And if that's your goal, there's probably ways to accomplish that. But every time you plan an event, and as I share with you what we're doing with Easter, my intent is not that you do an extravaganza show, although you're welcome to. The name's not original with me. Um, but that you understand the principles behind why we do what we do. So I always start out by typing out what my goals and objectives are. And so here are my goals for the extravaganza. I want to make Palm Sunday and Easter an amazingly positive experience for High Point families. Notice it's not to get as many families as possible to come to our church, but that they would have uh, an amazingly positive experience. Secondly, and this is obvious, we want to bring families to High Point Church by providing a family-friendly, super fun event that people would be willing to invite their friends to. You know, little dirty little secret is you have people in your church who love your church, but they would never invite anybody to it. And so, um, and it's not a, not a bad thing. They don't have ill feelings. They may not even realize that. But if they're not inviting people to church, there's a reason they're not inviting people to church. And it may be that they don't feel like their non-churched families and friends are, are, are going to like it. So we have to, and part of that's natural. I mean, we're worshiping, we're studying the Bible, we're listening to a sermon. Someone who's not clued in to God or not following Jesus Christ, I mean, they're not going to be as drawn to those things. But how then do we get them in the door? So you want to create something that your people will invite people to come. Not just that they'll come, but they will invite people to come and that's attractive to the community. All right. Then our next goal was we want to build Easter attendance by repeat guests who come back the next week on Easter Sunday. That's why we do it on Palm Sunday. And then we try to get them to come back on Easter Sunday because Easter Sunday is where we can be much more bold, sharing the gospel, telling the story of the resurrection and what it means for them. And I don't have to preach because you know that. And our last one was to, to build on our trunk or treat and our previous event successes. So it's not that we're scrapping everything. It's how do we build on that? So we did a couple of things. One was that we took our re event registration off the church database and we took it off site and we use eventbrite.com it's uh, i'll put a link in the in the show notes um and it is a free secular website for registering events we did this for a number of reasons one one of the things we evaluated from the past is when we tried to have people register 
on the day of the event, it created a great big backup bottleneck of people just trying to get into the event, but we were trying to collect their names and addresses and things. That also can be a turnoff for people who maybe don't want to come to a big event, right? And so by putting it on that website, we began to build a database of people in the community with their basic contact information without cluttering up our church database. You know, whatever church database you use, you often are paying by the number of contacts in there. And you don't want to have several thousand people in there who only come to special events. Um, and so you can maintain a, a database on Eventbrite and you can email for free um, through that. You have to have a current event. Once your event's over, you can't use that list until you create another event. And I'll get back to that in a second. So we started doing the Eventbrite and you put it out there. It draws people to your event from the community that are just looking for something to do for their kids. They're probably putting in there looking for Eventbrite. And then we push that advertisement out through um, our social media channels, having people share it and like it and all that good stuff. By the way, buried in the settings under under um, management and marketing and promotion, you can create a custom URL. So instead of that long, confusing one, like ours is just extravaganza2020. You know eventbrite.com or something like that. And um, I'll put a link to it, but please don't register unless you're coming because you'll make, make our numbers all funny. Um, but that way we can promote it out there and then it snowballs because now we're into our third year of using our Eventbrite account. And we've had the amazing chemistry show um, at our church. We've had kids blitz. We've done trunk or treat. We've done Easter. And this list just builds. And so we're able to invite people back and say, hey, we're emailing you because you came to a previous event at High Point Church and we want to make sure you know about this. Now, registration is optional. We want people to feel like they can just come to an event and not be pressured. You know, we don't require their stuff. So what we do is we found that Great Wolf Lodge um, in our area will give away a free night stay at the Great Wolf Lodge on the condition you have to buy a gift card. So that's what we do. We buy the gift card, they give us a certificate. And so we're able to say, if you register for the event, you're entered in a drawing for a free night and a $200 gift card to the Great Wolf Lodge down in Colorado Springs. And around here, that is a popular thing. So you got to figure out what's popular in your area and often you can get it donated. I mean, my mom used to get stuff donated from Disneyland to Knott's Berry Farm to Six Flags to all just, Jesus said you have not because you ask not. And when it comes to prizes, that's often true. If you ask, um, there are businesses that would delight um, to give stuff because it's marketing for them because Great Wolf Lodge is getting their uh, information and promo on everything that we promote. So it's a great marketing investment for them and it's a great gift for us. And so we promote it as if you register, even our people at our church, you get a fast pass. You get to come in early. So as they come in, they show their event bright. Um, we give them a fast pass and they get the first early seating in the event. And anyone just shows up, they're just held out for 10, 15 minutes until the fast pass is done. And then they come in. But what are they coming in for? Well, one of our goals was we wanted to obviously be able to share the message of Jesus in a very light um fun, casual way, no pressure, no invitation, but speak the truth of what Easter is all about. And we didn't want to have lines and we needed to handle a large capacity of people. So, so I created, inspired by Kids Blitz, um, a family show and we called the Extravaganza Show. And me and my good buddy Micah, we MC it. We got bunny rabbits up there and 
and a stage crew and we basically it's like kids church on steroids all right it's really fun games i'm going to link the highlight videos in the show notes so you can get a glimpse of what it looks like and it's tp cannons it's candy cannons or tp bazookas candy cannons balls bouncing everywhere um parents coming on stage with their kids and trying to you know throw eggs and knock things over and complete obstacle courses and it's a blast and it's a 25 minute show and that's it and then they go out to the egg hunts well one of the things we realized we needed to improve on was that we had egg hunts all over the property and we had a map um, i always produce a map for all of my events to show where everything is and and how everything's organized and these are posted everywhere and we print a bunch helps with recruiting and planning um, but what we what we realized is that it, it pulled some families apart because if they had kids in different ages one would be going there another kid going there and for security that was not the best thing so this year we're gonna do some staggered hunts. And then we thought, well, the problem with the staggered hunt is they've you know, gotta wait till their turn. And you, how do you, I mean, it's hard to control. Sometimes you have parents you gotta monitor, right? They come with these 55 gallon you know, Easter bunny baskets and, and wanna take all the eggs. Sometimes they're worse than the kids, right? And we didn't want kids to have to go to multiple hunts. So we brainstormed and we came up with the idea that we're gonna do these wristbands and um, we're gonna put a wristband on the preschool and then we're gonna do kindergarten through second grade and then orange is gonna be our third, fourth and fifth grade. So that if they've got the wristband, that means they went to the show because we want them to go to the show first, not the show for an egg hunt. We want them to cross that threshold, have a great experience, learn about our church, see that you know we're all normal people that just love our kids, love family and, and love the Lord. And, um, but then we started thinking, all right, one of our goals is to increase Easter attendance. And how can we improve? I mean, we invited everyone to come back next Sunday and, and we, always, we always have people to come back the next week, but we were like, how can we improve that? In fact, interestingly, I just share this because I don't know if it's true for you. Our bump after Easter extravaganza on Palm Sunday and our trunk or treat is never the following Sunday. It's the one after. And I, I, I have my own theories. You might have a theory. They're just exhausted um, after a trunk or treat, and, or maybe it takes them about a week or to come to come, but it's always a week after that we get our big bump of guests. But we're like, what can we do different? And we brainstormed, we talked about a lot of ideas, and we decided what we're going to do is on Easter Sunday, in each service, we have two, we're going to give away an electric scooter, all right? And we're going to use them in the show. Me and my mascot buddy, uh, we're, the, we're the MCs for the big show. We wear these crazy suits. You'll see it in the video. We're going to ride these around the stage. And at the end, we're going to say, we should give these away. So we're going to say, if you come back next week, bring, bring your wristband. That's how we know you were here. And at check-in, you're going to write your name on it with a big felt marker. We're going to put it in an Easter basket. And we're going to we're going to give these away. Now, for preschoolers, you can't give them an elect a Razor electric scooter, right? So we bought little toddler three-wheeled scooters that are just adorable. So we're going to actually do a drawing for the little kid scooter in our preschool. Uh, during our Roscoe rally, we do a, a rally worship thing every Sunday morning. And then in big kids church, well, we'll do the drawing right in there and award um, the scooter. But that's a way that we can hopefully have kids going, I got to go to that church next Sunday. I want to win the electric scooter and, um, and bring them back. And, you know, sometimes, and I'm just going to go on a little tangent. We have, I have people and there are people who philosophically don't like 
um, rewards and don't like incentives. And, and I've, written, I've read some beautiful stuff about how we need to help kids develop intrinsic motivation and, and not offer these extrinsic motivators. And, you know, I don't want to get into an argument. I usually just say to people, hey, show me an adult that doesn't need external motivation um, who has fully matured to where all they need is intrinsic motivation to do what's right. They, they, they would never speed um, if it wasn't for the threat of a cop. Uh, they don't use the credit card that gives them rewards. Uh, they don't go out for sales on Black Friday. The reality is we are wired to desire rewards. And of course, anything can be done to an extreme. That's why I don't give candy every week to kids that bring their Bible, but every now and then I do. And they'll bring their Bible next week. Where's my candy? Well, you don't bring your Bible for candy. You bring your Bible because it's church. Bring your Bible to church. But if you keep bringing your Bible, I'm probably going to do that again in a couple of weeks. So there's a, there's a difference between reward and bribery. And why does God offer us rewards? Why does he say we'll be rewarded in heaven and in the afterlife based on the life that we live? It's to give us an incentive to do the right thing. So I'm really excited about our Easter extravaganza. I have posted on Kidology all the files and games and information from the past years. I don't have this year's yet because I'm doing it and creating it. But if you go to kidology.org forward slash egg extravaganza, I'll let you figure out how to spell that or just look in the show notes and you can get graphics and information and links and all kinds of stuff so that you can pull off your own extravaganza or see what we're doing and create your own thing. But start with your goals and then ask yourself, how can I accomplish those goals? And I would love to hear what you're doing. If you don't like what I'm doing, that's great. But if you're listening to this, you probably not like hate it. Um, but I would love to hear what you're doing and how you're adapting to your culture of your church and your community to reach the lost, all right? Hey, a couple more things I want to share with you as I bring this to a close, but don't stop listening, all right? First, guys, I need to encourage you, if you're a man in ministry, to check out YosemiteSummit.org. I'm in my 13th year of taking just five guys for a week of sabbatical, unplugging for ministry, no voicemails, emails, snail mails, work of any kind, and just focusing on your walk with God. Please check out YosemiteSummit.org. I still have a few spots left. If it is a financial issue um, where you, you know you need it and you want to come, but you just can't make it happen, please please talk to me because I every year I tend to scholarship about one guy and I do that because I really want the guys to come to this who need it. Also, I am wrapping up this week my first master class of the year. It's been incredible. Um, we've done thriving in ministry, and um, I've had a, I limit the class, and so we've had about 20 people. Um, and we do a weekly conference call. There's video training. Um, we use the Marco Polo app, so we're talking to each other, and we're texting, and on the phone, and email. And I really just pour into uh, that class. For, for that season. Well, registration's now open for Masterclass number two, and we are continuing through the Kidology Ultimate Toolbox for Children's Ministry. We're going into the leadership tools, and we're going to be talking about being a proactive leader. You know, I am already working on what our strategy is going to be for our summer outreach this summer, and I can't say anything because nothing's official, and I might have some church people, you know, watching or listening to my podcast, 
Um, but we're already dreaming, we're already thinking ahead, we're already brainstorming on what will be the most effective way for us to reach the lost in our community this summer. And in leadership, you can quickly find yourself being a fireman, just putting out fires, getting ready for this Sunday, and part of that's your job. But a proactive leader is, is not reacting to everything that goes wrong, but they are proactively looking ahead, planning ahead, and taking the ministry somewhere new. That's what leaders do. Leaders lead. They advance the ministry. Now, you're also a manager. You've got to manage the ministry. That's why last year, just go to kidology.org forward slash management, and I did a whole 12-month series on the nuts and bolts of managing the ministry. Those videos will be extremely helpful to you. So, But we got to do both. We've got to lead and we've got to manage. And so that series is going to be all about how to become a proactive leader. I want to end with the Bright Idea book. We're so excited to be celebrating 25 years in ministry. This is a book I've been working on for five years. I've honestly been wrestling with what stories to tell and how much to tell. Um, it's got pictures of our website evolution over the years. Um, you know, Kidology started before the World Wide Web was even on AOL, before Google existed, before YouTube existed, before Yahoo existed. Amazon beat me by a month. I'm still a little sore about that. Um, but for 25 years. So I tell kind of the story of technology, but it's also very personal. It's the leadership lessons and the life lessons that I have learned over the years. Talk about my first business that I started when I was a kid and uh, some of the other funny businesses um, that I launched because uh, I was a little entrepreneur since I was a young boy. And um, But I would love to give one of these to you. We are not just going to sell these in the store. We are going to make this a gift for those who support Kidology to help us prepare and move forward to the next season that God has for us in ministry. So go to kidology.org forward slash celebrate 25 and you'll find out how just for a donation to our ministry, I will mail you one of these. I'm going to, I'm going to hand sign the first ones. And so what I'd like to do is give one of these away to one of you who is watching the video. So all you have to do is comment in the Facebook discussion for this podcast, and it's linked wherever you find this. It'll link to the Facebook group discussion. And just tell me a brief story about how you discovered Kidology and uh, the, the blessing it has been to you, and then I will message you for your address, and I will sign one of these and mail it to you, and you can be the very first person to get uh, a copy of this. I'll give you edition number one, all right? So thanks for watching. I'm here in the Kidology uh, studio, right? So I got to play the closing music to the podcast. Remember to subscribe, to hit like, to share, to help others know about this. And if there's a way that I can equip and encourage you in your children's ministry, please don't hesitate to let me know. Drop me an email, post a question in our Facebook group because I will also use the podcast to answer your questions. So until next time, thanks for watching.